woodsman. Every morning before the sun rose, he would leave the palace to fetch wood for the castle's many fireplaces and furnaces, or to cut down timber for the royal furniture makers or the royal builders. He would, from time to time, come across a peasant family or group of dwarves who had built their dwellings from the king's trees, but providing they only used what they needed and left alone certain trees like the spruce and the birch and the larch and the oak and the maple and the poplar and the cedar and the fig and the banyan and the endangered Scots pine and the rare Irish yew and, of course, the almost certainly non-existent Patagonian bonsai ficus, he did not bother reporting them to the sheriff, and they, in return, let him go about his business. Sometimes he'd even advise them about which wood to use for their houses or how to cut it, even which berries they should or shouldn't eat, or how they must never lay traps for the animals, as this was forbidden. Except for the rats. No one liked rats. The peasants who lived in the forest were nice, but very gullible, and were likely to believe anything the woodsman told them. The royal woodsman was the highest-born person they knew. So to amuse themselves now and then, the woodsman would warn the peasants in a solemn voice to stay away from the enchanted glade. Of course, there was no such thing as the enchanted glade. But it did mean that that section of the woods where he kept his shed and stored his timber and tools would be left alone. Of course, when the peasants learnt of an enchanted glade, they were very curious, and while they didn't have the courage to visit the area for very long, they would gather around its edges with a giddy mix of excitement and fear and imagine they saw some magical occurrence. They often returned home with amazing tales of talking wolves or pigs that could build things, whispering wells, and all manner of wondrous strange. Born of hysteria, hallucinogenic toadstools and outright lies, a folklore grew like Topsy about the forest, and these stories were told and retold in endless variations. The royal woodsman didn't feel too guilty about starting all this. After all, it made what would have otherwise been a very dull and boring life much more interesting. Everyone knew and loved the royal woodsman. Brothers Hengst and Hawes, for example. They were two of the smartest peasants in the land and had started a business together in the forest. In exchange for three silver coins, they would build you a barn or, for six, a house. Their preferred building material was wood, but sometimes when the royal woodsmen felt they were using too much, they would switch to stone or thatch together reeds and cover their constructions in river mud, which, when dry, could prove very hardy. And this is where our story really starts. Tale 1 the Wolf and the Princess, and the Trail of Crumbs. The building business was booming, but Hengst and Hawes were getting a bit sick of building the same thing over and over again, so they were very, very interested when an old crone stopped by their dwelling with plans to construct a cottage made entirely of confectionery. The old crone went by the name of Baba Yeager, and she was a recent arrival. Hengst didn't recognise her accent, but Horse thought she might have been Trebizondian. You'll have to build it under the ledge of a cliff, said Hengst, looking at her drawings. He was concerned about the colours running if it rained. Horse was more concerned about the ants. It was, it must be said, a sweet little cottage with licorice all sorts, candy cane door frames and a rooftop of chocolate pieces all grouted together with marzipan. The garden had trees of musk sticks crowned with peppermint leaves and there was a darling little path made of sprinkles that went all the way around the house to a small ornamental pond of ginger ale which was constantly refreshed by a sherbet fountain. All of that was doable and exciting. What worried Hengsted Hawes was the massive walk-in oven in the kitchen. That and the cages. 
For the children, explained the old crone. That way they don't have uh, to be full-sized and I save money. Hengston Hawes was still worried, perhaps even more so. Although they can't be too small, because they need to accommodate the children as they become fatter and fatter. One of them had to say something. Neither of them saying anything didn't seem to be working. Are you intending to kidnap these children and cook them? asked Hawes as diplomatically as possible. Only to eat, explained the old crone. I wouldn't dream of doing it just for sport. That'd be cruel. Uh, would you excuse us for a moment, Mrs. Jaeger? said Hengst, grabbing Hawes by the elbow and pulling him towards the door. The brothers were in a bind. On the one hand, they had a customer with an exciting new project, but on the other hand, she was planning to use it to capture and eat small children. I've never worked with such challenging building materials, said Hengst to Hawes as they huddled in the alley to discuss the matter.